opportunity to talk to Aisha Noel over Zoom video. Aisha was in Trinidad, Trinidad and Tobago. She was born and raised there. Her dad was a musician, played guitar, sang songs. So he would play guitar and she'd sing along growing up as a kid. She was actually in a songwriting class when she was in primary school, which I thought was really fascinating. They actually embraced songwriting at that early of an age. But when she got into secondary school, the class wasn't there anymore. But early, early on, you could take classes in songwriting in school. She started really to develop her herself as a songwriter once she got into college. And that's when she decided she wanted to pursue a career in music. She was actually in her last year of school. And it took some convincing by her mom to say, you know what, you have one more year, you should really finish school. So she ended up finishing school, but then dove into music full time, entered a bunch of different contests, singing contests, ended up winning a couple of them. One that she didn't win, a producer came up to her after and said, you know, you didn't win, that's fine. I still really, really want to work with you. And that was the first time she actually had a chance to go into a studio, record a song professionally. And she put out that song. It's called Nobody Be Safe. So she told us about releasing that song, where she was when the virus hit and the whole pandemic, working with an internationally known producer on her new song called Sign Your Name, which is the very first song she ever had a co-write on as well. You can watch our interview with Aisha Noel on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. We'd love it if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Aisha Noel. This podcast is about you and your journey in music. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. So. I'm glad to be on the podcast and to be able to speak to you and your um, audience. So. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, so born and raised in Trinidad, huh? Trinidad and Tobago, yeah. What was that like? I mean, in the Caribbean, it's very, very different from being raised in America or in like, you know, Canada, you know, being in a developing island. It's quiet. But it's a lot of sea, sand, you know, breeze, trees. I love that sort of island life. So uh-huh. I've been enjoying it so far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you get into music? Oh, uh, well, my dad has been, you know, that driving force for me. Um, from a child, you know, my dad, he's always playing the guitar. He was a part of a band himself. Well, he was a part of a parang band. So that parang is a type of music that we have here, which is, you know, like, um, it's a Spanish flavor mixed with um, our local Trinidadian twang. So, yeah, so he was a part of a parang band playing the guitar. And he always shared um, his experiences in music with me uh, when he would be practicing. I would be there, you know, we would have our little own private band sessions where we would be like, I would be singing and he would be playing the guitar. That's how, yeah, that's how I got involved. And then I started writing songs um, when I just wanted to express myself. And how old were you when you started to write songs? um maybe like 10 wow okay really young then yeah but it would be it would be basic songs like it it wouldn't be anything too you know uh professional it would just be once you know i felt as though i didn't want to tell anybody something i would go and start to write and it would almost be like journaling but it would be you know singing singing it's all melodies yeah 
And then um, I continued from there. I would be in some songwriting camps. Um, when we have Calypso songwriting camps um, in my primary school, I used to take part in them. Um, wow, your, your school really kind of embraced the yeah. arts, really. I mean, that's cool. Yeah, my primary school did. Yeah, that's very cool. Because in my secondary school, it never had any of that after that was it. So, oh, so, really? So once at, at a primary school, they're done with the arts? Well, no. They or are done, done with the music. music but no, and I wouldn't say done with the music, but in terms hmm. of the songwriting comes, uh, have an opportunity to like learn from another great artist, like how to write a song. Uh-huh. Yeah, they don't know. So in the primary school level, I was fortunate enough to, to do that and take part in that. And um, after that, uh, I, well, I continued to try to develop it on my own and uh-huh. continue to write songs. And um, I did have a break from music, I would say. Uh, yeah, because I was pursuing a degree in the University of the um, West Indies. So I was pursuing my degree and because I was pursuing my degree, I kind of shifted from, you know, looking at music and doing that into more of a, you know, what is international relations <laughs> and, uh-huh. <laughs> and what is psychology and trying to understand that. But, you know, I had my moments where like, I would still be like, okay, well, um, the music though. So you always still had the passion. Yeah, it was still there. And I thought that it wouldn't have been. Uh but it was still there so um i would be like writing in my dorm and um it was later on when i realized that i couldn't get away from the music or i couldn't like stop you know writing and i couldn't stop singing and you know i just have to have to do this that was when i really you know picked it up as a craft when what was that in college when you decided like I cannot put this down I need to continue to pursue a career well, in, in this? College was actually, college was a sort of breaking point mm-hmm. because I actually had a moment where I was in my last year of university and like I had to have a conversation with my mom and I had to be like I feel like I just want to do music like I don't feel like I want to complete this degree right now. Uh huh. That must have been a difficult conversation to have. It was, yeah. And she was like, um, well, you know, you're in your last year, so kind of try uh, <laughs> because it's kind of hard to, you know, just just stop now when you're Right. Your if you only had one year left, I mean, I could see that. Say, yeah. If you had just started maybe being like, eh, but if you only had a year left, it's like yeah. probably just finish. Huh? Did you finish? I would take, I would assume. She pushed me, yeah. So I finished and when I was done, and I was like, okay, well, I clearly need to figure this out. So I took some time. I volunteered uh, to teach, but abroad. So oh, so you left the island. Yeah. So I volunteered to teach abroad in um, Colombia. Okay. And I was stationed in Cucuta in Colombia. And while I was there, I was like singing a lot in all these schools. They were always asking me like, I should have done So anytime we had like any sort of function or something like that, you know, I, they had me there on display, like, okay, cultural events. I should, you know. I should sing it. So that's what it was. And um, they, they gave me a lot of love and support. And by the time I got back to Bogota, because I had to, you know, go back to Trinidad, mm-hmm. um, 
I really knew like what I wanted to do. And I was like, yeah, okay, this, this, we have to do this. And when we go back, we're going to try and we're going to see and we're going to explore. And it's been a really great journey so mm-hmm. far. So. When you, like, I'm curious to know, when did you start showing your songs to people? Like when you're in high school, those years when you're writing, I mean, you said yeah. start at 10, were you trying to write like full songs and performing them for people? Or was that something that didn't come out till later? Yeah, no, I wasn't trying to perform them for people. When I was in um, secondary school, I like my friends and I, we would all be singing and we had like this little group, like kind of girls group. And uh-huh. we, but we didn't take it seriously. That's the thing. When I was in secondary school, we didn't take it seriously at all. But it was uh, like, I guess, a secret for me that it was, you know, a secret passion. This is something that I actually want to do. Mm-hmm. And I... I think when I started performing in Colombia, that was when, yeah, that was when I started like showing myself and like allowing people to see my songs and that sort of thing. Yeah. And you must have got a pretty good reaction from people to have it spark into something you wanted to continue to do, obviously. Yeah, it was it was more the encouragement. Mm -hmm. So it was more than just the reaction from people like saying validation from that. It was more than, yeah, it was more than the validation. It was, it was key individuals like, um, like my professor who was with me, who was teaching alongside me and he was a Colombian teacher and he was like, Aisha, you really need to do this. Like, don't, don't like give up on it. You know, like just those words of encouragement. I think those are the things that I needed to hear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So once you got back to, to, to Trinidad, it was that when you started to pursue music as like a career path? Yes. So when I and how did you do that? Like, yes. what was like, you get back and you're like, okay, I want to do this music thing. It's now what? <laughs> exactly, what? Exactly. Because I didn't, one, I didn't know anybody. Right. Of music. I didn't know how the hell I was going to start. I just knew that when I got back that I had to start. So um, it was a bit of divine intervention, I would say, because as I said, I didn't know anybody. <laughs> and then I saw the first chance that I got, I saw um, an opportunity where I could uh, showcase my talents. And I jumped on that immediately. Was it like a talent show or what was yeah. that opportunity? It was an uncovered show. So it was a, a like, let's say Trinidad Tobago uncovered. And it's basically where, you know, you enter and then the, the contestants that win, they would get to, um, do a song yeah yeah record a song um, oh wow so i was one of the i was one of the eight that they chose and uh, yeah and then um i entered i continued doing more of that and um then while i was doing that i like there were these two producers that saw me on stage performing and they were like okay so that was another contest by the way oh okay uh, so another contest that you entered yeah because i i wasn't so much about winning even though i did it was more about just exposing myself (laughs) it wasn't about winning but you know i won who cares (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't about that it wasn't about that it was really about exposing myself not even like lying it was about exposing myself okay No, no kidding. So that I can meet those people. Cause remember, I didn't. I'm just giving you a hard time. I know, I know. 
So, <laughs> so those, <laughs> those contacts are really important. So, um, yeah, so, so for that one, actually, I didn't win that one. Let's just so I didn't win uh, that one. Okay. But, but the producers did approach me, like, as soon as I got off the stage, and they were like, okay, so we know there needs to be a winner in this, but um, we still want to produce you because, like, that voice, though. So, wow. Yeah. So, and that was a blessing because um, that's how I got my first song. And um, was the first song you did, Nobody Be Safe? Yes. Nobody okay. So, you got that from uh, joining this or being in this competition and then the producers coming up to you after and saying, Hey, we want to work with you anyway, you know, yeah. whatever you didn't win, who cares. And these, did you have that song ready or was that something you had to build with these new producers? And was it hard working with people that you'd never you know, met before right. aside from being in that environment? Yeah. So, so yeah, it was a brand new song. Um, we went into the studio. That was my first experience being in the studio in Trinidad. And we went what was that the like? Studio. I mean, exciting. It was extremely exciting. Like, uh, you know, just seeing the setup and being in a, in a space that I've always wanted to be in. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And, um, we recorded a couple of songs just to, you know, feel out to see what I like, what I didn't like, just so that they could get my vibe. Mm -hmm. And then he's one, well, the producer, Kendall, he sent me um, a couple beats and he was like, whichever one you feel the most comfortable on, you could go ahead and see how you could write on that. And I was like, okay, cool. This is cool. Okay. <laughs> and then I picked one and um, yeah. I picked one and then I sat down at home and I just, I wrote, I wrote on it. And then he was like, okay, this is good. This is good. And we went into the studio and we recorded it and that was it. <laughs> wow. So now that you have a song, so now you have nobody to be safe. Yeah. And then what, what's the next step from there? It's like, okay, I got the song complete. Exactly. Let's go. Like what, what, what was next for you? So after that, then um, I actually, I met another producer uh, we actually became really good friends and um, he was like, okay, well, let's work this out. Let's see like if, you know, we could put out some more music. And that's how I did uh, Soka Fever by Lee. Oh, okay. Soka Fever was a part of a rhythm for carnival because we have carnival down here. We celebrate uh, uh -huh. every year is a part of our culture. So I'm very much involved. So Soka is a genre that I, um, you know, I write soca and mm -hmm. I like to fuse it with pop and dancehall and different other genres just because I feel like it's more interesting. So um, for me personally. So, um, yeah, so we continued that way. And he was like, OK, well, this is the beat and see how you can write on it. And it's like, OK, cool. And did that one. We put out a big music video for Soca Fever and it would, I mean, and then from there, just keep going. And that's how it's been. Yeah. Wow. And have, have you been able to play outside of Trinidad? Like, have you been able to explore outside of, of your, your country? Right, exactly. So that is something that I am looking forward to. Because actually, before, before COVID-19. Oh, my goodness. They <laughs> shut you down? <laughs> before COVID-19 decided to just, you know, appear. Destroy everyone's I'm life. Afraid. Sure. That was something that was, you know, definitely in the works. That was something that I was looking forward to. Um, oh. I still am looking forward to it. So, you know, uh, 
God willingly, mm-hmm. as soon as our borders are opening very soon as well. So um, as soon as that happens, I think is is Saturday. So then I can start. Making- oh, they're opening up on Saturday, huh? Wow. I'm, I'm curious to know how the virus, like I've spoke to a lot of people around the world and I've yet to talk to somebody from, from yeah. Trinidad and, yeah. and I'm curious to know how was, how was it there? Was it like the case is really bad? Like how, how did the, like, was there a crazy lockdown? I'm sure there was. It's, mm-hmm. it's curious to me because I mean like the whole world shut down. Right. And it's not just like a few countries. It was like every country in the world was stopped. So how was how did that affect you there? Yeah, well, in the beginning, we were actually, I want to say, it's, I mean, it's not a competition. <laughs> right. No, I'm just curious no, to know how they had. No, I just say like it, it's not a competition, but we were doing really, really good, you know, in uh-huh. comparison to other um, Caribbean islands. Parts of the, oh, okay. But then, um, then it just, it just went. Uh-oh. Like, it went nutty? Good. We tried to, uh, you know, keep our numbers down, social distancing, all those good stuff. Um, and we really were expecting um, a reopening of, of Trinidad um, like last year. But then um, I think another strain of the virus found its way into Trinidad. And that's when everything just kind of went downhill. And then we had a whole um, state of emergency Oh, wow. and that's where like yeah so it's basically it was quarantining um it's still very strict right now um but we are seeing like the numbers decreasing that's uh, nice slowly but but they are decreasing steadily so we're hoping that you know um, it just keeps it keeps decreasing because what happened was there was a you know for easter, for mm-hmm. easter um now this is just my thing <laughs> this is just my <laughs> right okay that this is what happened but this is my day so easter there was like a lot of um a lot of people going to the beach on easter so in april yes and that's when everything just went just went down um so there was a lot of beach there was a lot of lack of social distancing uh we have a lovely island called tobago so Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah. And, um, yeah, Tobago was full, like full. <laughs> Tobago had a lot of people. And um, yeah, so naturally the, num- the numbers increased and we had a spike of COVID. Oh, and that was in April then. So Trinidad and T- so Tobago is a little, is an island off of Trinidad? Yes. I'm so bad with geography. I'm sorry. And what would you... That's absolutely no problem. Yeah. Because uh, now I'm going to Google it because I thought I knew what I was talking about, but now I just want to double check myself. Yeah. Yeah. So so Trinidad and then we have Tobago. That's like a little island. Trinidad is small too, but Tobago is a little off of... Um, oh, yeah. Because I was like, I thought Trinidad was an island itself. It is, right? But then yeah. there's a smaller island called Tobago that's off to the side of it. Got it. Okay. And did you grow up on Tobago Island or Trinidad? Yeah. Trinidad. Okay. And how many people does Tobago hold? Um, you could Google that one for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> you don't know. I didn't know if you knew off the top of your head. Like, oh, it's like a couple hundred people, or is it a couple hundred thousand people? I would assume it's probably not that big. You you could probably say hundred thousand. Okay, so that's pretty big. Bigger than I would imagine. Um 
And did you go, was that a place that you guys would go like vacation to or? Okay. Yeah, Tobago has lovely beaches, like some really lovely beaches, Pigeon Point, Scarborough. Um, it's, it's developed, you know, they have a lot of hotels. It's very, it's for tourism. Um, uh-huh. So, yeah. And Trinidad is just as nice. Um, but I would say that it's a little less, less tourist oriented. I yeah. see. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm so bad with geography. That's one thing I wish I would study harder in class. <laughs> but I click on these Pitch and Point Beach and wow, how beautiful. Yes, yes, yes. Wow. And then there's even a little Tobago. Did you ever go there? No, no. Did you, do you know what I'm talking about? There's even like another little, little island off of Tobago that looks cool too. Um, well, that's awesome. So that that got infested and then people are coming back onto the main island and that's where it kind of got a yeah, lot of well, cases. I mean, I'm not sure if their traveling back to Trinidad um, caused it or not, but I just know that, you know, the social distancing and didn't know, be, those things, yeah. Those went things out the window. <laughs> Definitely compromised. Okay, yeah. I see. All right. So where were you at when this happened? You just had big plans to, to tour outside of Trinidad? I mean, when that happened, no. When that happened, I was, I was writing, yeah. I okay. was in the studio. We were doing a lot of work, actually. Um, I was doing a lot of moving back and forth because I live in one city. I live in San Fernando, and that's a city in the south. And then I go to the studio in Port of Spain, which is a city in the north. So I was doing a lot of back and forth. Oh, how long does it take to get to Port of Spain? Yeah, because that looks like it's on the other side of the the yeah. coast there, right? Yeah, like an hour. So from San Fernando to Port of Spain is about an hour, yeah. Oh, it's not horrible. No, it's not horrible. Okay, so it looks like so you could probably drive, what, across the whole island in, what, a couple hours? Yeah. Well, that's not horrible. That's That's cool, though. Was that a big thing? Did you travel all over? Like, you know, did people do big traveling around there, like the other port parts of the of Trinidad? Mm, not, really, not really. Not really. You kind of stay where you're at. <laughs> I mean, if you have something that you want to go to that's on the other side, then yeah. But um, to say that it's like a thing where people uh, try to go around the island and um, meet different points not not so much not so much not so much but um yeah i was doing a lot of studio time in port of spain so is that a bigger city or is that just where the music where the cities okay yeah no there are studios in um in san fernando as well but that's just where you know my team was at and that's where we were doing it so that's how come i was there and uh I really didn't want to stop <laughs> just because, um, you know, it, it, it was important to me. But uh-huh. at the same time, you know, you know, your parents and family safety first. So. Sure. So, yeah. So you were writing, going up there and then what? OK, so you released a song last year called Lifestyle. Was that something that you had out like were you writing that song during the pandemic and then it like shut everything down? So you released the song. Like, where were you with that song? Lifestyle was before um, COVID nineteen. Oh, uh, okay. And the album came, or the record came out after or before COVID even happened too. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so it was beginning of twenty twenty. Yes. And, oh. Uh, 
One Dance, which is the song after Lifestyle, One Dance uh-huh. was during the pandemic. Okay. Dance was right at the beginning. Um, actually, One Dance was, I was looking for a beat before I knew that it was going to be One Dance and all of that. Uh-huh. Um, and one of my other producers that I know, uh, he sent me something. I was like, do you have anything that you could possibly send that I might be interested in? And he sent me this beat and I was like, okay, yeah, this is nice. Of course, it wasn't the first beat that he sent me, but I was like, this is cool. And then pandemic. So I was like, oh. okay, all right. But I do have this beat though and it's sucking real good. So let me still work on it. Okay. So worked on it. And then we really didn't know how severe the situation was at the same time so you know it didn't really i wasn't you know flustered or scared or anything just because i wasn't sure right Mm -hmm. so being in this space of uncertainty i was like okay still gonna continue uh so i started writing and stuff like that and then uh we recorded well i recorded a demo and then i sent it to another producer and he was like okay this is really really cool and then he asked me if he could have permission to turn it into a rhythm. So that would just mean that, you know, there are other artists that would feature on uh-huh. the song. I was like, okay, well, yeah, the more the merrier, right? So <laughs> I wasn't really upset. I was like, okay, yeah, sure, that's no problem. So then we got uh, who we had. We have Pretty on it. We have the uh, groovy Soka Monarch um, winner. Uh, so that is College Boy Jesse. We have a couple other artists on it, Michael Tasia. So um, yeah, so we were able to continue, uh, right? I think this was the first soca um, rhythm that was put out um, since COVID nineteen. Yeah, uh-huh. since the pandemic started. So, so you're able to have a lot that, of collaboration. Yeah, a lot of people jumping on the song. That's really cool. Yeah. So, and actually when we did that, then it ended up making papers because then uh, they were like, okay, so, you know, Soka lives on, you know, even though the pandemic and this and that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that's cool, that's cool. It's like, all right, nice. (laughs) And and, yeah, yeah. And then I had sign sign your name after. Yeah, that's more recent, right? That one recently came out? Yeah, that one is recent, yeah. Tell me about that song. It's doing well. I mean, it's getting a lot of press too. Yes, yes. So congratulations, that's cool. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> so sign your name was written on um what was sign your name? Hmm. Sign your name was on the spotlight album. So there are other artists on that album as well. And that mm-hmm. was in collaboration with Music TT. And I wrote Sign Your Name with another writer, Daryl Juve. And he's an international songwriter and he writes for a lot of these soca greats here and in the other islands as well. So it was really cool working with him. And um, the producer on on that record is, uh, sorry for me, <laughs> but there's a lot of names. Yes. Yeah, there's a lot of people. I'm looking at the record right now and you have the most plays, by the way. So congratulations on that on the album. I mean, no. Yes. You know, <laughs> no big deal. Like winning that, like winning that contest. <laughs> yeah. So JC was the producer on uh, Sign Your Name, and he's a Billboard charting producer. You know, Ario winning and all sorts of things. So it was cool. It was very cool working with him. Um, and actually, I think he's the first international producer that I've worked with. Yeah. 
Oh, wow. Because he's a yeah. So it was cool doing that with him. And, um, and, and yeah, uh, that was my first collaboration as well. That was produced. Yeah, that was my first collaboration um, in terms of songwriting. Yeah, because I never really, well, I never, I haven't put out a song just yet that um, I've worked, co-written, uh, like co-written. Like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was, was that a call, that song was a co-write. Say your name. Yeah. Oh, okay, and that was the first time you ever air signed your name. Sorry, co-write. That was your first co-write you ever done. Yeah, and um, yeah, yeah. It was a really easy process though, and um, I I didn't really think that it would be so simple, you know, writing with somebody in person, you know. Mm-hmm. Because normally I'm accustomed writing like on my own, doing my own thing, um, like wherever it doesn't really matter. Because I don't have this um, you know, sacred space that I need to write in, you know, like otherwise I can't do it again. So I would literally, I've I've trained myself to write anywhere. Like I oh. want to be able to write anywhere. On the bus, mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. So um, <clears throat> so yeah, so so it was different. <laughs> it was, was different, but it was easy because. Uh- yeah, I'm surprised it's easy. Like, I, I'm surprised you weren't more, uh, more like intimidated or like, was it hard to be vulnerable to somebody that you knew had all these credits to their name? Right. Um. So that thought hit me at first, but then it didn't matter. OK, <laughs> shrugged it off pretty quick. Yeah, because because let me tell you how the process went. So he was like, he was like, okay, so you choose this beat, you like this beat, okay, we could work on it together. I was like, okay, cool. And then immediately I was like, okay, let me try and think of uh, something that I could say that I want to say on this. Um, and then the chorus came to me, and I started sign your name came to me like immediately, and I started working on sign your name, and I made a chorus sent him the chorus he's like oh this is this is cool okay uh-huh. let's meet in studio when we when we meet in studio we're gonna figure it out okay cool so we go in studio the chorus is already laid um he's like okay uh i feel as though okay so tell me what you want to say and i basically just said things and he was like okay and then he added lines i already had lines there um i had some things that i wrote out that i was thinking about before so he took some of those put it you know uh added wherever and by that time we already finished half the song like so then it's just bridge um Uh bridge i was like okay well i feeling like this I started singing whatever it was, so we had the bridge, um, and then just just end the song, <laughs> end the song, get little bits and pieces, and and it then that was it. It was done. Wow. Really, yeah. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. And with everything opening up on Saturday, do you have any plans to perform uh, out at all? Right. I wish. Yes. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, right now. No. no. Actually, what I'm thinking about is uh, getting my vaccine. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. You have your vaccine? Mm-hmm. We got it. I got it a little while ago. Okay, well, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> I have to get mine. So, yeah. And awesome. that, though, like getting me vaccine, it didn't, it wasn't, like, you had fever or so. Uh, yeah. yeah I, well, the first one, no, because you have to get two. I don't know. It depends on which one you go through, but yeah, I had to get two. Yeah. Um, and the first one, 
my arm hurt really bad, like really bad. Like, I, like I couldn't lift it up. Like it was weird, but I didn't feel bad as a, you know, it was just like really painful. And then the second time my wife got it and she was kind of sick. Like the next day, the second one, she was like her, she just felt like, like you're like, she's about to get really sick, but then it never happened kind of thing. And I was more like tired, like hours after I got it, I was like, dying to keep my eyes open it was weird it just like became immediately like lethargic but then other than that the next day i was kind of kind of felt crappy but not really that bad i mean it wasn't okay that's my personal experience it wasn't it wasn't horrid but i've heard people get like my parents got it and they got like my mom got sick for like three days with like high fever and so i guess it just depends on your body gets in it like that's why it took so long and i was kind of like oh, i don't really want to get a vaccine at all like right i was mm, the same way i didn't want to get it my wife was like you're yeah. getting it <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> uh, i would say like I, I don't know everyone's different but i pers i would personally on the second time we get to go back in three weeks or whatever uh, i'd recommend taking a like a day or doing it on like on a friday or something if you have to work so but that's just my opinion. <laughs> just so you have Saturday, Sunday, if you have something to do, then on Monday. It makes but. sense. Yeah, no, it does make sense. So, but yeah, that's awesome. And then hopefully soon enough, everything will be back to normal life and you can continue that, those, you know, plans to come out here and, and play the States or play different countries. And yeah. very cool. Be awesome. Well, Aisha, I think, thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I have one more question before I let you go. Do you have any advice for aspiring artists? Yes, of course I have advice. Um, one, be yourself and be okay with being whoever you are, no matter how weird you might think that is, or how goofy or how it doesn't matter. Just just own yourself and own who you are I think that's really important um network of course network try and you know build up that uh that little contact list that you might have so you could reach out to different people networking is super important um don't forget to market market your songs uh send them to different people create an email list um I would also say what would I also say Mm. be persistent persistency yeah I think persistency is something that will get you through you know those long days those times when you just don't feel like writing or you don't feel like making any music anymore I think uh being staying motivated and being persistent is like key <laughs>